So wait, this is a liberal that's actually in favor of basically, you know, combating uh, the anti-Semitism. Okay, the way that headline read, it was very misleading. Uh, David, but still, to call yourself a progressive man, it's my opinion does not change on yeah, that he's one. Probably sir. A cuck. Oh, he's probably still a cock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but at least he's a cock that's going in the somewhat same direction. So there, there, there's that. I'm still, I still wouldn't be friends with a guy like that. Like I'm a self-prescribed feminist with white privilege. You're a virgin. That's what you are. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Sound You're like a virgin. A, a rope sucker. <laughs> Welcome to the All-American Savage Show Podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. And what's going on, America? Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. Glad to have you here. And I already see people in the comments over on... Uh, <laughs> they're like, what is this crap we're listening to? It's horrible. I know. I know. I just felt it was fitting to the show. I just felt it was very fitting to the show. Um, considering the topic that we'll be discussing today, which is prenups. Uh, we're going to get to it. Um, because I, I love I love the fact that we have Twitter. Because now Twitter is where we get a lot of great content from. Because a tweet has gone pretty viral. And um, it, it bears repeating. I think your camera's busted, dude. Nope, it's, can you restart it? Like, it's it's being wonky. E like, being really, really wonky. What the? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <I> don't, <laughs> it's bad. This is why you got to support Shell Shock, folks, so we can afford better equipment. <laughs> we got, like, stuff rubber banded and duct taped together over here. That's It's so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Move over there, Bongino. Step aside, Steven Crowder. We just got everything. It's, it's like, so good over here. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm, I think I'll have to like delete this and then re-add it. Um, oh my good lord! This is hilarious. I don't know. I blame you. You're you're. This is you. This is you. Hold on. We're gonna get this squared away. Hope you. Hopefully, y'all are having a better day than us. Oh my God! Uh, display capture. What, what, video capture device. Let's see if we can get it working. Um, add existing. Boom. Boom. No, we'll we'll try and recreate it. Do what? Everybody's part of this. Everybody gets to be a part of the journey. Let's see. Does this work? You're kidding me. You're kidding me. <sighs> Discard. It's it's. I don't understand it's it, man. It's just me today. All right. Well, Josh. Josh will be here. You're just gonna hear Josh. Not really gonna see him, but he's here. He's in our hearts and minds. Face for radio. <laughs> Face for radio. There we go. We have. Uh, well, I'll just. I'll just make it all about me then. Oh, it just. I hate doing <laughs> yeah, that. My plumber's working on it right now. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, welcome to the show, folks. Normally that doesn't happen. Well, let me let me first say that doesn't normally happen. Other things happen. Usually it's the audio. That's that's the problem we normally have. It is a beautiful Thursday morning or rather afternoon here in Dallas, Texas at the Shellshock CBD HQ Studios. Uh, it looks like Rumble's working. I saw some reports earlier that said Rumble was down today. People were having issues with that. Glad that we're not. We have almost 400 people watching on Rumble. We got about, what, about 100-something over on Kick. Uh, Twitter, usually nobody watches on Twitter for some reason. But we appreciate them. Um, anyway, it is a beautiful Thursday. This episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Hey, we're going to be running two deals Two deals this month that I think people would be really excited for. We're going to be running two $500 giveaways of, of cash prize money, money record for the 99, 2000. Go to get No, I apologize. I forgot my whiteness there for a second. I was getting a little antsy in the pantsy. No. The way it's going to work is you can sign up for our email list, and one lucky winner is going to win $500 worth of free product from Shellshock CBD. And then come the Black Friday sale that is on Black Friday, or if you prefer White Friday or Gender Neutral Friday or No Color Friday, because we don't want to offend people here. God forbid we do that. That would just be horrendous. But on the Black Friday sale, we're also going to have another $500 winner by somebody that purchases a Black Friday product. What do I mean by that? If you purchase a product on Black Friday... And we'll stipulate more about this tomorrow, tomorrow's show. Um, you're going to be entered to win $500 worth of free products. So realistically speaking, you could enter the email giveaway or you could purchase a product during Black Friday sales and potentially win both. It's, it's possible. Not sure how we're going to do it, but it is possible. And you could potentially win up to $1,000 with a free product. That's pretty amazing. Chances are, though, it'll be two different winners, email or somebody purchased on Black Friday. If you want to enter to win, if you're already on the email list, you're already entered to win. You can't beat that. If you've already subscribed to our email lists, you are already entered to win. Well done. Thank you for supporting Shell Shock. God bless you and good night, folks. Uh, now, if you if you also purchase a product on Black Friday, you are also you are also also entered to win. I am just great at this advertising. It's wonderful. So we got that going on for you. So check it out. Enter to win. It's coming to you soon. Sign up for the email list. I'll also have another place that you can sign up to receive the emails. If you go to shellshockcbd.com, the little pop-up hits you as soon as you log in, and it shows you where you can sign up for the email list. We do not spam. We do not sell your emails. Nobody gets access to that except us. Us. Only us. Nobody else. I promise you that. We would never do that to you. I hate people. I hate going into these shops. Like, I'm going to Ace Hardware, or I'm going into a tractor-trailer supply, and it's like, do you have an email? It's like, I do, but you don't get it. Like, I do know. What's your phone number? It's like, none of your fucking business. Ring me out the lighter. That's all I need. I want to go. It's like, Sarah, welcome to Taco Bell. You don't need my phone number. Here's the cash. There's the product. Give me the product and shut up. You can screw up my order another time. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I get kind of fed up with that. Every, everybody wants your phone number. Everybody wants your email. And that's because these companies, they do sell it. They sell your emails. We don't. We don't. Why? Now give it to us. Yeah, now give me your email. <laughs> give it to me right now. You want to you wanna give it to me, don't you? You're so dirty. Anyway, shellshockcbd.com. <laughs> and this is why we're never going to be on Fox. Uh, anyway, I appreciate you. Love you guys. Um, all right, big topic of debate today. I got this from Twitter. It was uh, it was circulating, and I found it to be very interesting. And I wanted, we're going to take some calls on this one today. And the number is going to be 214-817-1689. The number is at the bottom of your screen. We will field your calls. Um, but the topic is prenups. I know. You know, I, I feel like the prenup world, it's like there is no in-between. You're either hardcore for it or hardcore against it. I don't see a lot of people that are down the middle on this one. Um, you don't get the fence right this one, libertarians. You got to pick a side now. So 
No, I think libertarians are more so like, I don't, I don't know if they believe in property ownership. Yeah, I don't know. Or they don't believe in like states. I don't know. Libertarians all over the place. But um, we're going to get into it. Let me read you the tweet. Let me click on this one. I mean, your camera's there. It just looks all wonky. We're going to leave it. Yeah. Just, we're going to leave it. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. It's my fault for not checking on it. No. Us. Well, normally we never have problems with it, but for some reason it's kind of working. You look like from an old, like you remember like back in the 80s and 90s, late night when the TV was like all out of whack and there yeah. was a porn channel. And you're just like, oh, here we go. Okay. And it's like, oh, I think I see a boob. I think I see a boob. Oh, God. So that's what Josh looks like right now. But anyway, um, but here's the tweet, folks. And this is on uh, Twitter. You can tweet me out at John Burke 39 Do that during the show with your thoughts, too, if you want to. The tweet comes from Lila Rose. Lila Grace Rose. Beautiful name. Very beautiful name. Um, disagree with her emphatically on this one, though. But let me read you the tweet. It says, if you truly trust your wife, you don't need a prenup. And if you don't fully trust your would-be wife, marrying them is a bad idea. The nature of marriage is until death do us part, a prenup says otherwise. So... I'm going to first give you my stance and then you can, you know, Josh, I want to get your opinion on this one too. And then we're going to take callers and see what they have to say about this. Um, so let me first break this down. She says, if you truly trust your wife, I love how you're already trying to take like the moral high ground here and appeal to authority or appeal to morality rather. It's like, well, if you disagree with me, then therefore you automatically don't trust your wife. That is not true whatsoever. This is a very disingenuous statement right off the bat. It is rooted. And I kind of feel like there's this emergence of like the, uh, you know, you have the dude bro, the stock bros out there in the Twitter space for like mm -hmm. talking about like, look at me, stocks or alpha male. It's like this new Andrew Tate meets investing nerds, this Andrew culmination. Crypto. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got crypto. It's, you're an alpha male if you do crypto, which I've never heard my entire life, but okay. But you have an emergence of these women that are pushing traditionalism to just very extravagant measures. And it's not that I'm against traditionalism. I encourage it. I mean, it's great to have traditionalism if you can have it. But there is this movement of these women that develop these followings by, I kind of feel like, softcore teasing their followers. Like, I'm so ready to settle down and get married and have babies. And they're like posting these very provocative pictures. You know what you're doing. And nobody wants to call him on this because what happens is the simplest go in there. It's like, oh, you're so beautiful. I wish, I wish I could marry you. Just, oh, you, you know, the thirsty comments. We've seen this for so long. But now you have a traditionalist version of this. And they kind of put themselves in this position of kind of like, well, I'm not acting like a whore. You're just assuming I am. It's like, mm, we know what you're doing. You're taking the soft core route around this. Around this. Just, just come out and say, hey, I'm hot. Follow me. Just, just, just do that instead. I'm not accusing this lady of doing it, but I have seen this repeatedly across Twitter, and it's, it's, become, it's become annoying, quite honestly. But again, let's break this down. If you truly trust your wife, automatically, that's just a horrible positioning, a horrible way to phrase your, your argument, but okay. And she continues, says, you don't need a prenup. And if you don't fully trust your would-be wife, marrying them is a bad idea. Okay, this is a comment made from somebody. Well, let me, let me finish it. She says, the prenup basically says, until death do us part, prenup says otherwise. The idea that divorce exists basically invalidates your, your, your argument. We all know you can get a divorce, we all know divorces happen in 50, 55% of marriages in America. So to sit there and say until death do us part, therefore I close my eyes and monkey see monkey do the whole thing, can't hear, speak, or uh, you know, see evil, or divorce rather, that's a lie. That's just a lie. Divorce is always on the table. Now you and your couple can say we will never get divorced. That's fine. But the idea that divorce does not exist is just ridiculous. So by saying if you have a prenup, therefore death to his part isn't a reality. Well, what if you marry somebody that eventually turns into an abuser? 
What if a woman marries a dude that starts beating on her and they have kids and he starts to beat the kids? Doesn't she want to get a divorce? I mean, do you really feel like you're tied to somebody for the rest of your life that maybe potentially is a rapist? You don't know sometimes, folks. That's the thing. So this to me is kind of like a statement rooted in number one, inexperience and a lack of understanding around why many divorces happen out there. My response is that in the prenup world, I think we can all mostly agree that in the courts of divorce and children, women dominate. Men get the shaft a lot, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to child support and things like that. Now, the argument can be made that, say, for example, a man works to build an empire. He works to build a business, okay? This argument, and I I had a, a very good counterpoint made. They said, what about when kids are involved? That's a different matter. I will address that. Because I do think the situation does change to an extent. I agree. But we're talking about a man and a woman, both independent, both working, both have their own things going on. When you enter into a marriage, I think a prenup is not necessarily saying, I don't trust you. The fact is, who you are now, you could be somebody completely different in five years. You don't know. People change. It happens. That's humanity. Now, do I have faith they won't? Well, of course That's why I'm marrying the person. That's why I want to be the person. I love you for who you are now. But let's just say you get married in your 20s. People grow. They evolve. They Mm -hmm. change. Sometimes people grow apart for whatever reasoning. Maybe you shouldn't have been married so young. I wish I wouldn't have done it. But it is what it is. I think a prenup ultimately protects both parties. It protects both of your assets. So it's kind of like if I come into this marriage and I've got whatever. I've got a business. I've got cars. That was mine prior to marrying you. You don't get this when we divorce. That was mine. Now, what we what we grow together during the marriage, that's it. What, what are you talking about? When we inevitably divorce. When we inevitably divorce. I take all my stuff. I'm taking my shit with me. No. Now, the things that we accomplish together during the marriage, that's different. But it's kind of like what you enter into the marriage with, that's off the table. That's yours. That includes a business. Now, if you have you know a wife that helps you build that business, then, of course, she's entitled to a percentage of it. 100%. So automatically signing a prenup doesn't necessarily or doesn't negate the fact of the things that you're going to acquire during said marriage. That's where it gets a little messy. People, I think, don't really understand like the ram or the the parameters of a prenup sometimes. It can be, you know, you can say like, you know, I told Sheila, we've had this discussion. I said, I would require a prenup because I support this because she even said even today, she's like, I've seen how toxic women can be. I know how vindictive they can be. And look, if you disagree with that, then you, you know, I love feminists that will, I'm in my mind, I'm already making the, the debates in my mind. It's like, feminists will come out there and say, oh, you're just being misogynistic. Tell me why Shakespeare said, hell hath no fury is a woman scorned. You think these these generalities are, are made up because men just don't like women? That's a crock of shit. Women scorned? My God, I still have an, a jealous ex that won't leave me the hell alone. She's always got my name in her mouth for some reason. I don't know why. Move on. Get over it. It's, it's bad. I'm not going to, I don't love you anymore. I left you. Anyway, but that kind of stuff happens. Oh, she's taking shots at me. I don't care. Fuck her. But that kind of stuff happens. They're very vindictive. And I'm not saying men aren't because people say, it's like, well, if you say women are, you must imply that men aren't. No, men can be vindictive too. Look at the NFL. Look at the NBA. Look at these, these rock stars out there that, you know, have all this, all this stuff, and they try to, they have all this money, access to the best lawyers, and they try and victimize their loved one during divorce proceedings. It's disgusting. Men do it too. That's why I make the argument prenup protects both sides, both parties. There's nothing wrong with it. But again, if, if how you frame your argument is, well, then you must not trust them, that's not true at all. Because the argument I take is that I love her, but I love myself more. 
Because if you can't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? Oh, doesn't that sound like the bullshit female empowerment y'all constantly spew on the regular out there? It certainly does to me. So if I love myself enough, then I come with boundaries and those boundaries will be respected just like I will respect her boundaries to include, you know, if she comes into a marriage with somebody, say like, let's say if the roles were reversed and why do you see more men advocating for prenups than women? Come on now. Come on, folks. Stop it. Stop playing like, stop playing that victim card out there, ladies. Come on. Don't even try that with me. It's ridiculous. Do you think Steven Crowder has a prenup? With his- That's a good question. That's a good question. I think he probably does. If he didn't before, he will now. Because I think he made a tweet uh, saying that he's never going to married again. Yeah, she's extremely quiet about their divorce after that one video leaked. Yeah, so. walks walks softly and carry a big stack. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, Crowder built that. I don't know what his wife was involved in. I'm not even going to go into this because I have no idea about I don't pay attention. I don't right. even watch Crowder anymore. I think he really fell off the wagon after that whole ordeal. But the fact that he keeps pairing up with Alex Jones, like, I did not see you go in that direction, but whatever, do your thing. He's still an intelligent dude. I mean, he really is. I don't hate the guy. He's a smart guy. He is. But I'd uh, want his attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever he got to draft up his uh, prenup. Yeah. I mean, he's done a pretty good job. I don't know if he's got a prenup in that one. I mean, it's it's a good question. I bet he does. Think so? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, though, if he doesn't, he will now. But I think I read a tweet from his earlier. He talked about how. He still believes in the sanctity of marriage, but he's like, it just might not be for me. Um, and it's like, well, okay, fair enough. I mean, but that's the libertarian side of me. It's like, if you don't want to get married, you just want to have sex. That's fine. Do what you want to do. But then there are traditionalists that are like, no, you must get married and you must pop out 20 kids. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, look, that's what part of being in the land of free of is all about. You can live your life as you see fit. And when traditionalists get upset about that, it's like, and what's the point of being in America? Go back to the Middle East because they enjoy that too. You have that and similar, you know, you have similarities with them. But to sit there and demand people saying, you know, you have to have kids. You have. To, no, you don't. You can do what you want. You can do what you want. Some people don't want kids. That's fine. Some people want lots of kids. That's fine. Mm-hmm. They're called Mexicans. But <laughs> and Italians. Oh, God. My old company commander, uh, Timothy Leone. Love that dude. Uh, full-blown fucking Italian. And his wife. Oh, my God. Pam. God bless her. Wonderful woman. Always pregnant. Always pregnant. I think he's got like seven kids now. And he came from a family of like eight or 10. I'm like, my God. It's like, did your mom have any Catholics, life of her own? Catholics. Oh, yeah. My oh, wife has oh, 11 oh. other siblings. Good Lord. Yeah. Big family. I mean, in the Bible, it says, go forth, be fruitful and multiply. But it didn't say it was all on you. Like, I mean, leave some space for the other people. No, nah, I mean, no, look, here's the deal. If you want to have a lot of kids, man, do your thing. Awesome. I just don't want to pay for the little cum trophies. I, it's not my responsibility. If you cannot afford to have kids, you shouldn't be popping these little booger sniffers out. I'm sorry. You shouldn't. It's not my fiscal responsibility. But to go back to the main topic of discussion here, though, um, he said, if you truly trust your wife, you don't need to prenup. You don't need to. Fu- if you And if you don't fully trust your, would, your would-be wife, marrying them is a bad idea. How many of you? Uh, one guy even responded in the Twitter comments like, I am paying more child. I'm paying enough child support I could buy a house with. And I'm like, okay, now this brings about a different arena of this debate that should be brought to light. And the question is, what about right-leaning men that want their wives to have children and stay home? What are they supposed to do for money when the divorce happens? This is a very good point. This is a very good point. And this is a stance that traditionalism doesn't really um, capitulate to a lot of the times. But I will tell you this, my first wife, I I told her when I was still in the military, I was like, you need to go to college. You need to learn a skill. 
Not for the same. It wasn't because in case we get divorced, you know, for us, it was until death do us part. Absolutely. But for me, it was if I go overseas and get killed, the insurance money from the army is only going to be half a million. That's not going to last you. And by the way, back then we didn't have Binomics. Um, we had Obama. We had Obama, though. That was great. I remember the gas prices under him were like four or five bucks back in Kentucky. It was great times. Um, but the idea of it was you need to have a, a way to have sustainable income through your uh, your work. And if you have no skills, all you have is a college or excuse me, a high school diploma. That doesn't mean anything these days. Like a high school diploma is the equivalent of like graduating kindergarten. It's like, great job. You did the basic minimum. Wow. You know, you can you can add and stuff. Uh, but to me, it's like, if I was a traditionalist and I was going to marry a woman and again, in the dating process, we are both saying, these are the things that we want. You know, when Sheila and I first dated, I said, I don't want any more children. She understood that she's okay with that. These terms are like, your terms are agreeable, sir. Let us shake. And we will commence with the signing of the contract. These things are what's part of the dating process. You shouldn't slap a ring on it and then have these discussions after the fact because some people actually do. Some people actually do. And they they learn really quick, probably not the best way to go about it. Probably not the best way. So when you're in the dating process, you need to, you know, you need to specify these things. And I think any man worth a damn should make sure that topic gets brought up to saying, look, I do want to have kids. I know you're going to have to sacrifice your career because if you're a true traditionalist, and I'm talking about like hardcore traditionalist, the woman stays home. She doesn't have a career. Now we have a different version of traditionalism to where the woman doesn't stay home and she goes and works like you and Laura do. She goes and works. So if you two got divorced, she's going to be okay. In fact, I think she earns more than you. Maybe. Maybe. But even if, if so, great. If not, whatever. It still doesn't matter. The point still stands. She can support herself financially on her own. Now, of course, that's not going to be the example for all families out there. So if you do want to stay home and you do want to have kids and you don't want a career, um, that it, the, the choice is on the woman. You've got to make a decision of, look, this is a sacrifice I'm going to make, but I need to ensure that I am protected should this thing fall through. And many of you out there is like, that's a discussion that people in love shouldn't have. No, you are wrong. You are wrong. If you're a man that's worth a shit, you should have that conversation saying, look, I love you so much. I want to make sure that you are protecting the future. What can we do to give you a warm and fuzzy that if for whatever reason something happens to me, don't even call it divorce, just say in case I die from COVID. Put it that way, okay? If it, if it triggers your easily, your sensibilities there. What are we going to do to ensure that you are fiscally protected? The answer to that is you need to have a skill. So while you're raising the children, and again, this is the, the responsibility of the woman's side of the house. And I know it's difficult. I know it's not fair, but these are the sacrifices that you make. I, I wish I could give you an alternative way that's more evenly based across the board, but I don't see one that exists. She's going to have to either attend college online or learn a skill, learn, you know, a bit, whatever the case may be. There are ways to go out there and make my sell Etsy. I mean, do Mary Kay. I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of ways. You know what I'm talking about here. I mean, Play you get cans. the point. I do not agree with a woman that sacrifices and stays home and raising the kids, getting nothing out of divorce. Because again, if she's if she's sacrificed a career, well, then clearly she's owed something. She has no way of making money. But women, you also know that is a possibility. Therefore, it is also on you to protect your future interests. And people don't like having these in-depth conversations because what it does is it takes that idea of the Snow White, not the woke one, the original good one, the, the Snow White fairy tale. One day my prince woke up and it shits all over it. And it basically makes you look through the veil of romance and love and the butterflies and the bells are singing or bringing in the angels are singing and the babies and the little wings are flying around and Cupid's just launching rain or shot after shot. It kind of 
pulls it down and you're faced with the reality of what if? Well, folks, my answer to that is this. Welcome to being an adult. <laughs> Welcome to being an adult. You can talk about it now or you can talk about it in divorce court when it's too late for either side. People are going to like this. But the fact is, those types of discussions should be had before you put the ring on it. Because in the wise words of Socrates, if you liked it, then you should put a ring on it. I think that was him that said Him or Gandhi? One of the two. It was probably Gandhi. I think it was Gandhi. He was big in the marriage thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Gandhi. I am, I am willing. I am willing to debate this. And Deftis says, it's a boring show today. Well, then tune out, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck whether you like it or not. Why are you sitting here bitching? Go away. Nobody cares. It's a boring show today. You're boring. Your comments are boring. Your face is boring. Ugh. Stupid people. Am I right? Am I right? Burn. Burn. Uh, taking your calls on this one. 214-817-1689. If you disagree with it, I am happily, happily standing by to debate you on this topic. I'm willing to listen to alternative viewpoints. If you want to prove me wrong, you are more than welcome to. You are more than welcome to. So, <laughs> some people, other people say there's only fans. I mean, some women have done that. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it doesn't matter. We got a call? Yeah, go ahead. Standing by. Yellow. Hello? Whatever. Lost them. Or did you, did you screw, you screwed something up, didn't you? You screwed something up. Josh screwed something up. Uh, (laughs) That dude says, bye. Fuck you, John. You're God. Fuck you, asshole. I bet that was in the seam. I bet that was in the seam in the comment. Fuck you, asshole. So I love how that, like, somebody wants to give me energy and I match energy and they don't like that. Yellow. Yellow, it's Charlie. It's who? Um, Charlie. I'm, okay, what's going on? I just wanted to give my uh, 10 cents on the conversation. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, as someone who is somewhat of a traditionalist, I completely, I, I actually take your, your stance on this. Okay. As we as I mean, it's a wonderful stance. I love the stance. (laughs) Go ahead. Fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's a wonderful... (laughs) Sheila deserves a prize for having to put up. I am not this bad with Sheila, I promise. I am not this bad. I I apologize for interrupting. Go ahead. You said you're you're somewhat of a traditionalist. No, 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 you're fine. This is hilarious. All right. Um, No, I appreciate a good sense of humor. Um... Me, I'm, I'm somewhat a traditionalist. I believe that as women, we also, like you said, have to take responsibility for ourselves. We have to take responsibility for our children. Yeah. We have, we have that responsibility. We need to go out. Like in my situation, my husband, my fiance is from overseas. Okay. I have, when we get married, we will be having a prenup. The reason for that is, is because, like you said, in five years down the road, we can be two different fucking people. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, we both have to have that out for the both of us. I have to have, I have my college education. I have my career. And these are the things that I have for myself and for my son. 
that I've been for the last seven years building up my own empire. Mm -hmm. And he gets to come along and be a part of that. And whatever we create together should, in my opinion, be split down the middle 50-50. Yeah, I agree. But whatever he creates by himself and what I create by myself, that's ours. Yeah. That is that is something that I created before he beca- before he came into the picture. Yeah. And I just think that sometimes as traditional as traditionalists and sometimes as evangelical Christian thinking, which is so skewed sometimes, <laughs> we take this mindset of that if we we have to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and all this stuff. And we have to, you know, pour our all into our families. And not that you shouldn't, right. but you have, there's a point in time where, like you said, you have to love yourself first because you can't fucking love another person unless you love yourself first. There's another there's another thing in there that that gets interjected into this whole issue is that like look at economic factions like how many how many households do you think out there say like say like they do have kids a lot of people cannot afford for the mom to stay home like the mom has to go out there where they have no other way like maybe the man doesn't have a very good job Uh, and you know some of these constraints it's not it's not of their own choice they're forced to do this like maybe they could actually save more money by getting a babysitter and then sometimes it's actually the opposite way it's like I have to stay home because the babysitter costs too much there are multiple different ways to look at this or skin this cat but I agree I think the things that you earn and you build on your own before you entered in the relationship you leave with but then the things that you, you build together, then yes, they should be divided equally and fairly. And again, I think people think that a prenup means that doesn't come into play. That's actually not true at all. The things with a prenup basically protect the individual, but the things that you establish together, like you said, that should be equally divided. But, you know, people talk about, like how you said, people change over time. Sometimes people, you know, when they get older, they get very vindictive or some people are very vindictive at heart. and You just don't see it. They're very, the, they're very good at covering it up. Happened to me. I never saw that in somebody. And at the end is like, wow, you really are a bitch. Like I didn't see it. Like I was like, damn. Um, and, but that's just the truth of the matter because when people are hurt, whether they be justified or not, you know, sometimes they don't think, um, they don't think Jesus. You okay. Okay. You ain't got COVID. Do you? I don't want to catch COVID. I don't want to catch COVID through the mic. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Hopefully I don't get COVID. Uh, she coughed in the microphone. I'd suck if I get that. No, thank you for the call. <laughs> I agree with her. I agree. I think that's a fair assessment. I think it's a very fair assessment. But again, I mean, some people out there just think that is something men use to try and protect themselves and not give women their fair share. That That's not what I mean. That's not what I'm, that's not the stance that I'm taking. So I don't know. But, you know, again, things have changed. Like, even the, even the, the idea of traditionalism, I, I feel when I say traditionalism, it might not have the same meaning as it did just, say, 50 years ago when it was the woman is barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, the guy's out there working, and he can't afford to raise a family in this economy. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. It's not that, you know, thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden. Well done. Well done. It's just not the case. Both people have to go out there and work sometimes. And I, you know, I, I just don't, I think, I think maybe if I was to date a younger woman, if I was younger myself and I was dating a younger woman and I sat down and we were serious and said, look, um, I do believe in prenups. I can see how someone that is emotionally immature or maybe not immature, but not as experienced would take that as a sign of, so you don't love me. 
But then when you get older and you have some, you got some miles on you and you're kind of like, wait a minute, it's not about that. But we both know how people can potentially get when things turn bad and it's protecting both of us. So any woman that says no to it based upon you don't love me enough, there's an ulterior motive. Any man that says no because you don't love him enough, there's an ulterior motive. It's like insurance. Uh, Thank you. I don't buy car insurance because I don't trust my driving. That's not it at all. I don't have house insurance because I don't trust the way I operate a house. No. Usually it's from some, you know, external factor applies to this. Preferably, or not preferably, but more like 75 traffic in Dallas. That's the biggest reason why I have car insurance because morons don't know how to drive. Well, John, are you saying you just don't trust people enough? Well, if it's a perfect stranger, absolutely not. No, absolutely no way. No way. Why do you have life insurance? I plan on living forever, but I don't know. I don't know. Just wanted to address that. Apparently, me talking about this bored somebody, and they just, fuck you, John. You and your bitch. I'm sorry that this is not the most entertaining Just show. trying to help you out. Yeah, my God. I mean, how dare we discuss this topic and, like, trying to rationalize this and see it from every side? But, I mean, God forbid. Just new. I love people just, like, it's so boring. I'm going to vocalize that and expect a good response from the host. Like, what the fuck were you? What did you think was going to happen? Oh, you know what? It is boring. Good night, folks. We'll see you next time. Shut the hell up, you fucking nerds. <laughs> I'm on one today. I'm sorry. It's the feminists. They get under my skin. I'm just kidding. But anyway, appreciate that call. And, you know, it is good. It is good to see it from all different perspectives. Again, if you have a different perspective, the number is 214-817-1689. Again, the number is 214-817-1689. Operators are standing by to take your donation. I love how she said, uh, she's like, I like your stance. It's like, it's an amazing stance. It's a great stance. Been working on it. Been working on it. Been working on it a lot. That being said, we're going to move on. If people want to call in and discuss that topic of conversation, they are more than welcome to. Let's take a call right now. Oh, let's take another call right now. It's probably her again. <laughs> Yellow. Hi. I tried to call in before, but my service is kind of shitty. I don't know if you guys hear me. Yeah, we got you loud and clear. Go ahead. Hi. Um, so, Colin, because this is a topic that really, really gets me. I've lost so many female friends over this topic. Okay. Um, I think that a lot of women don't understand that if a man is asking for a prenup, it's not even really about like he doesn't trust you. It's like if, if I were dating a guy and he were to ask me for a prenup, absolutely, without a drop of the hat, I would sign that. One, because I want to prove to you that I have no intention on taking anything from you. If a man worked his ass off his entire life to get to where he is in his career, I don't believe that I have any entitlement to gain anything from that. That's yours. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. The only thing I would want in return would be your love, your affection, your time, your partnership. And the same goes for me. Um, I would never be with a man that would refuse to sign a prenup. And this makes me think of a story that I had with one of my Mm ex-boyfriends. So I'm a businesswoman. Um, I, you know, what kind of business, if you don't mind me asking where I am today, it's Alex. Do what? <laughs> it's Alex. I, uh, your business is Alex. No, you know me. It's Alex. Oh, Jesus. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Alex, let's go. Oh, fucking a next time. Say that. I didn't recognize your voice. There you go. No, because you actually made a point there that I wanted to address because when women make the, make the argument of like, you don't trust me, couldn't you make the counter argument of, are you saying you don't trust me enough that if we get divorced, I'll give you what I feel you deserve? Are you saying you don't trust me with that? I mean, couldn't you make Absolutely. this? Absolutely. No, yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. 
This, this is the Italian Alex. I was dating yeah. this man. Yeah. When are you going to come that out with a turning point, Dirt, that I know you've got? I know you've got it. Oh. All right. I won't put you on the spot. <laughs> you know. Fair I enough. Mean, you got to sign a prenup first. You got to sign a prenup first. Go ahead. <laughs> the amount of times that they've come for me and tried to destroy my life. I mean, yeah. we're going 10 months. Jesus. Anyway, you were yeah. saying you've, you've lost a lot of so, girlfriends to this. Oh, my God. So many girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, it just came up in conversation because I don't know. A lot of these women, the things that I hear them talk about, like, I kind of stay quiet because it's, like, not my business. I'm not dating you. I don't give a fuck what you do. But mm-hmm. there comes a time where I just can't listen to the stupidity anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's so insane. Story that I have of a guy that I dated. Mm-hmm. So this is a man that he doesn't really, he doesn't have a career. He doesn't, he's not like the wealthiest person ever. And who cares, right? But, you know, I was building my company at the time and things were going well. So this was in the beginning. And we had the conversation that he brought up that um, he wanted a Ferrari car. And I said, that's good for you. Go, go work and buy yourself a Ferrari. He's you know, like you're making this money and you're doing all these things. Like you wouldn't buy that for me if I were your husband. I said, mm. no. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so I, I would expect you to be the type of person that what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. And I said, sure. It's easy for you to say that when you have nothing. <laughs> so it's just a lot of these people. <laughs> I, what am I getting from this relationship? Well, I've, I've, this is to me, this you know? is like emotional uh, hostage taking, if you will, because I dated a girl who that um, at the time, you know, shell shock was just starting. So I didn't have a lot of money to my name. And she really liked these, uh, these, these red heel, high heels, whatever. It's like red bottom shoes. Apparently they're mm-hmm. trendy and they're really expensive. And she's like, you know, I, that's what I would like. I was like, oh yeah, sure. So I go to look it up and these bad boys are like $4,000. And then, and then the Jew comes yeah. out and me. I'm like, what? $4,000 for a pair of shoes. Hey, you're killing me with it. But I'm just like, I'm not buying you $4,000 shoes. And her, 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 her method of arguing was, well, here's the thing. If it's something that I love, it doesn't matter what it is. And I'm like, you know, I can understand your point of that argument, but you're asking for $4,000 fucking shoes. You are out of your mind. There is no way in hell. Maybe if I was a quadzillionaire, but when you're living in like, when you're like me and you're like, you know, you're, you're, you're banking from cheeseburger to cheeseburger. It's like, I am not buying you $4,000 shoes. And even to this day, I still wouldn't buy her $4,000 shoes because you don't need a pair of $4,000 shoes. I will buy you something that $4,000 can do more and, you know, just spread that money out more. Instead, I'd buy you more different gifts. But just to get them because they have red soles? Are you kidding me with this? And that's how I feel like a lot of, I shouldn't say all of them, but there's a lot of women that operate in that mentality, in that sphere. And I'm kind of like, what the hell are you smoking? Like you, you, you would little, I can't even imagine myself, you know, dating someone and saying, Hey, if you really love me, you'll buy me this $3,000 rifle, but I also know how much you make. And it's not a lot. Don't you feel like that's also a little bit of emotional manipulation, knowing full well that they probably can't afford something like that. But you say, Hey, this is what I, cause didn't we have like a book about that in school about, you know, the lock of hair and then a pocket watch and you know, they both were so broke. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember stories about this, but suddenly that's off the table. Now it's buy me $4,000 high heels. I mean, these people are smoking crack. They're smoking crack. So if a dude says, I want a Ferrari, can you buy me a Ferrari? 
I'm sorry. There's these things that men have, most men, not all, but most men should have these things called testicles. And these testicles prevent you from ever asking a woman to say, hey, if if Sheila was making more money than me, which I one day pray for, I mean, that'd be awesome because we're both be killing at that point. I would never go to her and say, hey, I want a Ferrari. Can you pay for it? No. As a man, I'm still a traditionalist. Do what? I would never have the audacity. No. I would never have the audacity to ask a woman to do that for me. As a man, I still feel it is my role to provide the roof, to give her a comfortable life, to take care of her, but still encourage her to go out there and chase her dreams, be independent, be a business, and do whatever you want to do, be successful. But I would never sit there and say that, you know, if you love me, buy me this insanely expensive thing. It's like, I, I just, I can't do that. I feel like, again, that's like emotional hostage taking. What if it was your yeah. wife? Well, we all know that there's there's like this trend going on with these gold digging whores. All of these young girls, they're sitting and they're getting interviewed and they're like, I want a man that makes over $200,000 a year. Where the fuck are you finding that kind of guy? But then at the same time, I see a lot of men that are becoming that way as well. It's the really? sassy man apocalypse. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because they're mirroring these, these gold diggers. Do they go after the older yeah, women? Yeah, I mm. was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago, and um, he asked if I could hire him to work for my company, and I'd pay him. <laughs> Third date. Third date? Third date. Damn. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, that's also a mark of inexperience in that sector because it's like you don't mix business and pleasure like that, at least not like three dates in because there's this, this old saying. Absolutely. I think it was John Adams said in the, in the midst of the revolution, he said something along the lines of, you don't shit where you sleep. I think that was John Adams. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Could have been Gandhi again. We misquote him all the time. Could have been John Crapper. (laughs) Invented the toilet. A little history for you. A little history for you. No, I, I, I cannot, I just, I do not, I cannot understand how any man would ask a woman, hey, could you buy this for me? It's like, no, dude, you're, you're a man. Go buy it for yourself. I, I don't know. That's just me. Becoming a big trend. It really is. That's why I think the dating pool is shit because I think, Men take these positions to counter the women that are, are taking up these positions. And the women that you reference, I want to say at least like seven times out of 10, when they make this like list of demands saying he's got to make sick figures, he's got to be this this tall. Usually they are short, fat, unattractive and have nothing going for them. But because of feminist ideologies, we're all special. We're all enough. And it's like, mm, no, you know, you know what makes an object have value it's that people view it as being valuable. So do I view a woman that does not take care of herself, probably has no ability to cook, clean, do anything, or even have a job, be independent. She has nothing. Where is the value? Just because you were pooped out of a vagina does not mean that you are intrinsically endowed with value. Value is built. Equity is mm-hmm. built. And people just don't get this. So they think by me having a pulse means I have equity. No, you investing in yourself, you building stuff, you, you know, going out there and working, going to college, doing the hours, you know, going through all the, the tedious rundown details of having to start and launch and operate a business that builds value. So when somebody, be they male or female, comes to the table and they say, well, I believe I have value. And my, my request is, or my question is, let's see the resume. And if you've got no resume, you've got no value. So why would, I mean, this ain't, this ain't pretty yeah. woman. You don't have Julia Roberts out there, like the whoring it up. And then here comes Richard Greer. It's like, hey, I got a gerbil. Let's have some fun. And I'm going to marry your slutty ass. That doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> And that's why it bursts the bubble of people's like, you know, the 90s rom-coms. They're just like, you know, Sleepless in Seattle, I mean, which was a great movie. But still, this doesn't happen. 
I, I really feel like I'm pushing 40 now. And when it was in the dating world, it was like, look, I'm looking at my counterpart. It's like, what have you done? We are, we are up there in the years now. I'm not, we're not, I'm not saying we're old, but we're to the point now we should have our shit figured out. And if you don't, I ain't got time to deal with your drama. I ain't got time to deal with your bullshit. I got to have my own bullshit going on. And I'm not going to try and drag my bullshit with your bullshit and then have a big bullshit house. Like, no, make sure your bullshit is not bullshit. You get, have your shit in order is basically what I'm saying here. But I, I just, I feel like, and I see a lot on TikTok about these women. Like, you seen that one of Gorlock the Destroyer? Yeah. You see that big one, that oh trans God, dude? It's so funny. Oh, my God. And this guy gets up there and he just, he thinks he's all that. Yeah. He thinks he's all that. It's like, dude. Even as a dude, you're not attractive because no. you don't care about your weight and the fact that you 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 posture with this this clear overinflated sense of self-worth is just repugnant and he knows this. You know, these people are not stupid. They know what they're doing. But they are trying to wrap themselves or shroud themselves in this cloud of, you know, self-love and female empowerment. It's bullshit. And then these women that, that adopt this ideology that are younger and more impressionable, specifically on TikTok and things like that. Then when no man comes sniffing around and they stay single forever and they're like, well, I just hate men. Men are just, no, 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 no. You set these conditions. When you bait your hook with shit and nobody's biting, you got no one to blame but yourself on that one. I mean, you can't blame men for that. So anyway, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. And I, I agree. I, I think these trends, you know, these, these empowerment trends are really doing a massive disservice to younger people because your shit is just rooted in inexperience. And that ain't the way life works. It is not the way life works. And they don't care. But it's like, you will when you hit your 30s and you're single and you got nothing to show for it, then you'll care. But until then, nah, it's, they should love me because I have a pulse and boobs. No, doesn't work that way. Give great dome. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Uh, somebody said the 19th Amendment was a mistake. My political platform, get fucked back in the kitchen. Get fucked back in the kitchen. It's Hobo. Hobo's full of shit. He doesn't mean that. He knows it. <laughs> oh, my God. Still taking your calls. Uh, we're going to get to the news today. Uh, we got a lot of news to cover. Oh, my phone's blowing up. I bet I pissed some people off. Oh, no. It's just the bank people. We got another call. All right, we'll take one more call, and then we got to move on. We'll start at the beep. Yellow. Oh, boy. Uh, hello. Hey, what's uh, going me on? Me again. Uh, I can't, uh, <laughs> not much. Um, I had kind of a couple of questions to ask you. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we're on, like, on the topic of dating now. So, um, yeah, sure. Recently, or, or shoot, I, I've I, got two divorces. I'm an expert on the subject. Here. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm the guy to talk to. Um, well, I had one, uh, or actually, yeah, maybe I'll ask this first. I had one, and by the way, there's going to be those assholes in the comments that are like, oh, like, you should take his phone off the speaker or whatever. Ah, like, forget it. Don't, don't worry about it. You're good. You're good. Like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, motherfuckers. Fuck you. Okay, Anyways, calm it down. Um, there's only room for one John Burke on this show. Well, I, no, let's, let's I'm calm, calm. I'm calm. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I don't, don't worry. Let's go with your questions. Yeah, you're one to talk. <laughs> exactly. But it's no, my anyways, show, damn it. It's uh, my show. I get to be that way. Very no, true, go ahead. Very true. Go ahead. What's your questions, dude? Uh, anyway, so, um, uh, was it going to ask? Oh, yeah. So I was wondering how you managed to, or this is separate from dating, but then I'll ask that anyway. So I was wondering how you managed to, uh, figure out like what you wanted to do with your life. I'm 20. Uh, I feel like I've wasted the last two years of my life because I'm working a minimum wage job right now and I'm going to, com to a community college. I'm only taking one 
class right now. Um, but I don't know how to find my purpose. I don't know how it is that I'm going to, um, you know, amass prosperity. Because I'd like to get to like a decent spot in my life where it's like not necessarily, I don't know, financially average, but like not like uber 1%, but just like at a, you know, decent yeah, you spot be wealthy. where you're at. But you want to be wealthy. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. There is nothing and wrong with being People that say there's nothing wrong with being wealthy yeah. are usually poor. They're the ones that say that crap. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not I'm not paying to go to college. I'm not working this job and putting in the hours to be poor. I think people that say that are full of shit. We all want to be financially prosperous. Why Why wouldn't we? Why would anybody that says business isn't about making money? They're liars. They are liars. It revolved. The nucleus is about making money, making money and keeping money. That's yeah. what pays your employees. So as as far as answering your question, as far as what should I do, what's my purpose, bro, I cannot answer that. All I can suggest is this: is is you do this. Um, <clears throat> life is like a box or of chocolates. No, 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 no. My, my my thing is though, man, and you know your your question is very common for people in their twenties. I thought I wanted to be a soldier for the rest of my life. And that was when I was like 16, 17. And then I did that for a while. And then you're going to learn that as you grow, your wants, your your likes, your dislikes, they're all going to change. You're, you're a constantly evolving human being. So don't, uh, don't withhold that from yourself. Understand that you at 20, you are going to change when you hit 30. When you hit 40, your perspectives will change. Your life experience will change. Your surroundings will change. Everything about you will change. In fact, if you as a person have not changed, can we both agree that at 20, you don't know shit about fuck, right? You don't know anything. I'm not calling you stupid. Oh, but yeah, as far as experiences it. go, you've got nothing. You, you, you're, you're working a minimum wage job and not trying to belittle you here because what I'm trying to instead say is that no, you've got so much life ahead of you. And I sincerely pray that life takes you on a journey around the world. It's a great life, but right now you are very inexperienced at life. So in 10 years, if you have not changed, something is drastically wrong. Either you have not exposed yourself yeah. to new cultures, new environments, new people, whatever the case, new new careers, You're, you've remained the same. So when people say you've changed, the question should be, why haven't you? But anyway, as far as to figuring out what you want to do with your life, bro, you are 20. Okay, you're 20. I tell it, I'm telling you from a guy that's only 39. I have lived a massive lifetime, and I will tell you this right now. Go out there and play around with it. Experience life. Life is honest to God. I know it sounds cliche. Life is a buffet. You got to go out there and sample everything. If you take on five different careers and you don't like any of them, and that sixth one is the one that pays off and you want to do that for the rest of your life, do it. But don't let anybody constrict you into thinking that you have to pick one career and stick with that to the day that you die. No, entrepreneurship, honestly, at root is multiple different streams of income to eventually invest in the things that you want to do. Do you think at 20 years old, I knew my goal was to have a shell shock CBD company? Absolutely not. I wasn't, didn't even think about it. I'd never even consider that I'd be sitting here on a table across from a Jewish dude with a beard and having this podcast. Like I never, <laughs> never would have foreseen that. But I think sometimes you just got to go down. You got to go where the current takes you and kind of just collect what as you go and build your own raft. That's just the way I see it. Now, some people disagree. They think that, you know, when they are, when they come out of the vagina, boots on the ground, I'm going to be a taxidermist for the rest of my life. <laughs> if you're happy with that, then, hey, man, rock on with yourself. But I definitely would not be want to be somebody that's 40 years old and flipping burgers at McDonald's. That's just me. Other people yeah, that are satisfied with that. Something wrong. Well, in my mind, there is. In their mind, there's not. They're, they're satisfied with this. Uh, we were driving through... Um, 
you know, we were, we were looking into pushing into real estate and flipping houses and stuff. And we were driving through these really, really, really just destroyed neighborhoods. And you look at these places like, I don't understand how anybody could just want to live like this. And you see people sitting around on the streets, druggies. I mean, this is downtown Dallas, man. This is not, this is not that far fetched. And you look, you go and you see what's oh, no along kidding. those streets. And you're like, how could anybody be satisfied with this? Like, I, I just don't get it. And I like, well, John, you're looking down your nose. You're damn right I'm looking down my nose. That's a wasted life. You got one life to live and you're going to spend it on the side of a road, not doing anything, not, a, not achieving anything. You're just living day to day to get your next high, your next fix, whatever the case. And you're living in a shithole and you're happy with this. So I'm sorry, but when somebody says I'm happy with mediocrity, I'm not friends with those types of people. It's not that I, I don't like them. It's just, well, I actually don't like them, but it's also one of those things of like, I don't want to, I don't want to be associated with you because I feel like you are the company you keep. So I have very few friends, but those friends are successful. And I'm not saying like they're massively wealthy, but they would never be satisfied with yeah. second best. They would never be satisfied with losing. They would never be, never be satisfied with coming in second place. I do love like patent speech that Americans love the sting of battle and second place is the first loser. We should be striving to be the best. It doesn't mean that we have to criticize and hate other people and like tear them down, you know, a steel sharp and steel. But this idea to be satisfied with mediocrity, that's, that's what fucking losers say. And those are the ones that just, they never amount to shit in their life. So as far as like figuring out what you want to do, man, go out there and play around, experiment, try different things. You know, like I said, there are so many different flavors of life. Go out there and taste them all. And then eventually figure out what it is that you want to do and then pursue with everything you got. But in the interim, save your money. Don't spend it on dumb shit. Get yourself a house as right. soon as you can. As soon as you can, that you can, and once these, these rates come back down, buy a house. Get that equity. Start investing because um, I, I really wish. Could I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, could I rephrase my question? No, too you? late. Are you um, ranted? Or, yeah, so was, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, so what I was going to ask you was, because uh, I watched a video of yours like not from like not terribly long ago, but you were talking about how uh, you came up with the idea of shell shock and that because, like, you know, you were a veteran and um you wanted to the name josh's idea was the actual company he talked about doing cbd and i was like what about what do we do shell shock for okay um what were like when did you get to that spot or like here if i could expand on that um when did you get to that spot or what were the other things that you tried until you got to that point Aaron? like are you guys the ones that like actually make the cbd or like how does it work Maybe this is a whole another topic for like a different day. But you're I'd talking love about to, the the cosmetics of the company itself. Yeah, you're talking about the cosmetics of the company itself. I mean, Josh can tell you. I mean, how many jobs? I mean, you you worked for your father. Like, what what got you to the point where you wanted to launch a company? Because Josh and I were already in talks of like we were doing the podcast, we were doing the John Ross videos. We both knew we wanted to have a business. We wanted to make money. Um, but I was working for mm -hmm. other people for you know twenty years yeah. and watching my work make them wealthy. Mm -hmm. And then finally a guy came into the mm -hmm. studio and saw our stuff. And he's like, man, if I had this stuff, I'd have the cameras on 24-7, lights on 24-7, and rolling out products. And he starts telling me about these Amazon businesses that he has. And I'm like, wow. And it kind of lit a fire into me to to get my own thing going because I'm like, I already have all this stuff here. Yeah. So, uh, so the wheels just started turning. And like John said, we had been working together already. And, uh, you know, we got along really well. And... Um, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of kind of started from there. And yeah, so, it, was, it was Josh's idea. He's like, what's your, he, I, I remember that. that. I remember the day too, because you were yeah. like CBD. And I was just kind of like, man, that's a saturated space. My biggest question is what's going to make us different? And then we, we really sat down and we brainstormed on that. And that's, that's where I think most people fail at their businesses is that, 
you know, people say they want to do a coffee company, they want to do a candle company, they want to do other stuff like this. If you're not differentiating yourself in some way, shape, or form, you're going to fail. And this was something that actually yeah. impacted, you know, both of our <clears throat> lives because CBD was something yeah. that helped my brother out who, you know, suffered with uh, panic attacks. And I know John with uh, trying to get to sleep and veterans with PTSD yeah. and all this, you know, all the stuff that comes with you yeah. know, coming home from war. So, you know, it was something that was actually helping I, people and it wasn't snake okay. oil. And, um, you know, we're getting these testimonies back from mm-hmm. people who are using our product. And that just kind of, that drives you. Once you start to get that positive feedback from people like, okay, this is working for, not just for me, but it's working for other people. Mm-hmm. So you want to get it out there as much as you can. So it's, you, know, you got to be passionate about what you're doing too. Cause if yeah. not, then you're just. Oh yeah. Going through know, the motions. Yeah. You're just going yeah. through the motions. Yep. Does that um, answer your question? Your success also. Um, yeah. I'd love to contact you guys more or like somehow, or like maybe, I'm not trying to act like I'm, I don't know, much more special. And I'd love to ask you guys a lot more questions just because, like, I'm kind of feeling under pressure that I'm, like, you know, live on the uh, show right now, uh, like, you know, whether that be possible. Um, or, yeah, could your – actually, no, I, I had, like, a big joke. But, uh, no, anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, you know, kind of feeling like I'm struggling – or not struggling. Yeah, I am at a struggle right now just in that because I do keep comparing myself to others or, like, what person was like Andy Frasilla or like what age was uh, Andy Frasilla when he started? And like he said, he was 19. It's like, Oh shit, man, I was just 19. Or like, I don't no, know. No. I'd like to start getting, that's when he started. And I don't know. Andy owned stores for 10 to 15 years before anything took off. Don't, don't, don't forget right. that part about it. Steve jobs operated out of his garage or was that Amazon Bezos? One of those mm-hmm. two dudes, every, every single large sale corporation, go look at the history of Walmart. Every single one of these corporations, these large corporations you see today, they started small. They started with an idea. What's going to make us, what's going to set us apart? That's all it was. That's all it was. So, look, I mean, as long as you're going in the direction you need to be going in, which is figuring out what it is, the fact that you even have the question that you're asking, you're asking the right questions. The goal is to find the answer. The fact that you're even asking the question is a very good sign. It would be different if you're like, I just don't care. Well, then, yeah, you're going to be a nobody for the rest of your life. You're not going to be very financially successful. You're not going to have a business. You're not going to do anything. And I'll be honest with you. Look, owning a business does not mean that uh, you've won at life either. You can, you know, there are very successful people that, you know, they work for somebody else, but they're also very successful in their own right. That, I mean, they don't, don't disqualify yeah. that as well. I'm not saying that to be successful, you have to be a business owner. That's not what I'm saying. People work for other companies for their entire lives, make really good money, get pensions, retire, live a life happily after after you just you got to figure out what you want man you got to figure out what you want so no it's never too late i mean look at actors i think chris pratt didn't even really kick it off until he was in like his late 30s early 40s now he's uber famous people are what you don't see like you'll see these you'll see these motherfuckers at the top of the mountain you'll see them at the top but nobody gives a shit about them while they're climbing it nobody cares it's only once you're at the top but it's kind of like the iceberg effect. You mm-hmm. see the beauty on the, the, the surface, but you don't see all that hard work below the surface. Nobody wants to pay attention to that because instead we got to post about, you know, all these dudes with their money spreads. And like, I watched a tweet today from some famous streamer that was getting attacked and he started posting pictures of his watch that had like diamonds in it. And it's like, well, you know, my thing's like money certainly doesn't buy you style. That's for damn sure. That thing looks like fucking atrocious. But either way, I'm talking about Josh's watch over there. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But Again, man, you just got to figure out what it is that you want to do with your life. And you're already asking the right questions. That's a good sign. What are some, or, yeah, I'm sorry to 
to a one for longer. What are some steps I could take right now as far as like, because I have one job and I respect the hell out of my boss. He's like, you know, best boss ever, best bosses ever. Um, so like, you know, what steps could I be taking right now to further myself as far as like gaining ideas? Should I take an extra class at my community college or I don't know. What do you, like, what do you think? Or, like, talk to motherfuckers. Find talk to people. You know, you, you talk about your boss. You said you're working a job right now that you clearly don't like. Otherwise, you shouldn't be asking these questions. Well, your boss, you can respect him and all that stuff, but do you want to be your boss? Like, do you want his position? Simple yes or no. Um, do you want your boss's position? No. Okay, then that's not the but, career but for he you. he is at a good spot in his life. I'm not he saying is, he's not. He I'm not saying he's not, but that's clearly successful. not the career for you. If right. you if you don't want to replace your right. boss, then you need to find you're a different right. career. That's all I'm saying right there. Now, as far as, like, where what his status is, fair enough. I mean, who, who doesn't want to be the boss? I mean, it does come with a lot of responsibility. I'm not going to lie on that one, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, dude, you're asking the right questions. The biggest thing is it's like, don't, don't also give yourself forgiveness because you are going to screw up. You're going to get some things wrong. Josh and I still do. That's what business is. It's throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. And then whatever does stick, how do we make that stick even better? So that's even stickier, even shit. stickier shit. That's the biggest thing. Thank yeah. you for your call, dude. I hope that helps you out. Don't, uh, don't be discouraged. Don't be despair. Don't be in despair. You're 19, you're 20, whatever. You okay. got a long way to go, man. You got a long way to go. Could I? No. Thank uh, I try to reach out to you. No. Would that no. be possible? Absolutely not. No. All right. No. You can email Josh and he'll ask me the questions. I'm fucking with you. Okay. Email right. me at jb at shellshockcbd.com. I'm not going to give you a fucking novel. Not going to do it. I don't get paid for that shit. I yeah, ain't I'm got time. Okay. Reach out to me there. Yeah, and I was, uh, yeah, and I was going to ask, could Josh's success be attributed to the fact that he is Jewish? Absolutely. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm Absolutely. kidding. No, no, you're 100% right. I'm kidding. The only reason he's successful is because Josh is Jewish. It's called grace. It's called I'm worried, grace. I'm worried that some freaking, I'm worried that some assholes slash losers are going to come back and find out. Oh, who like, gives oh, a fuck? Oh, no, 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 no. John Burke who said this, and it's like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Let him. Who gives a shit? Comedy's funny. Thank you for your call. Oh, my God. It is because you're Jewish. Son of a bitch. Hobo was right. I secretly wanted to be a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like a Pixar movie, Josh the Plumber. <laughs> Have you seen these these Pixar memes going around now? Uh -oh. And they're AI images, though. I posted one on Instagram, and it's like the cartoon figure, and one's holding the gun. It says, Rittenhouse by Pixar. It's like, <laughs> yes. And then another one's like a white dude leaning on, like kneeling on a black guy and says, Floyd, coming from Pixar. It's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I would totally, I would totally, uh, I would totally watch those movies. That'd be great. I would, too. Uh, that's just me. Good stuff. That's just me. Oh, man. All right, folks, let's get into the news. Biden tries to appease swing state Muslims by calling for pause in Gaza as Hamas retreats. Also, I forgot to mention, you just see where the White House has now established the anti, uh, oh God, what is it called now? It's something to combat Islamophobia, according yeah, to Kamala Harris. Islamophobia. Yeah, yeah we, we, we got to combat <laughs> Islamophobia now, folks. And I'm just sitting there, they, they put Kamala Harris in charge, like, are, uh, you know, excuse me, but aren't you in charge of, you know, botching the border? Like, didn't, didn't you get charged with this? Like, you, you're worried about Islamophobia, but you don't give one iota, one care or an iota of what's going on at the southern border. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just a little bit more important to me. But that's where we're at now. So, but I will warn people that anytime the government takes this position, because ultimately what they are attacking here is not Islamophobia. What they're attacking here is free speech. Yep. 100% free speech. Well, Jen, I already hear the liberals screaming at the sky on this one. 
John Burke supports Islamophobia. I support your right to vocalize your opinion or your position regardless of what it might be. We had a great Twitter space this morning over this. We were talking about with Rob Knorr. And I, my, my biggest thing was it always starts... Well, number one, first, let me backtrack real quick. It is not the government's role nor responsibility to put an opinion out on this garbage. It's not. It's not. It is. This is, again, this is voters' fault because every time something goes wrong, anytime something happens in this world, the first thing that we do as a society is run to mommy government. How are you going to fix this? Mommy, mommy, how are you going to fix this? And I feel like we've been conditioned to do that so much now that that's the expected cultural norm. And I disagree with it emphatically. I think it's wrong. So when the government comes out there and says, well, hey, we're going to combat Islam. You're combating free speech. What you should be combating are those that are breaking the law, advocating for terrorism by actually physically or fiscally supporting it. But outside of that, your job is to shut the fuck up. You should not have an opinion on this one. But why is it that the government, instead instead of choosing anti-Semitism to combat, Or instead of choosing to combat anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, they instead went with Islamophobia. Just the the idea of taking a stance is divisive in and of itself. And the government, they realize this, but they're doing this for a reason. They're doing this for a reason. Who's the American ally? Israel. Yeah. 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 Go figure. Yeah. But how many many Palestinians, again, I've said this so many times, like people say, I have Palestinian friends. You might want to get better friends. I'm just telling you, my, or I have pro-Palestine friends. I'm not saying by virtue of being Palestinian makes you an inherently bad person, but I'm saying if you're pro-Palestine, what does that constitute? Can anybody explain to me what does that constitute? Leader of Hamas came out yesterday, the day before, saying that another October 7th is going to happen. We will destroy Israel. Yeah. Fair enough. Then all those little innocent babies, that blood's on you, buddy. It sucks, but that's the outcome. That's what happens. But these people, I, it's just, oh my gosh. These people in the White House are so stupid. So stupid. And yeah, all they're doing... I, I think they know exactly what they're oh, doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, they know. They intend to do this. Yeah, they they're trying to divide us even more. To divide, yeah. So it doesn't surprise me one bit. They're, it's like, it's the equivalent of... It's the, They're not stupid. The people that believe them are. There you go. It's the equivalent of a, a one boy walking up to another and punching him in the face. And then when that boy that's punched punches him back... The guy that originally threw the first punch, he cries victim. And everybody sides with him. Oh, how dare you defend yourself? How dare Israel defend itself? What's wrong with you? What about the innocent Palestinian babies? Oh, oh but last I checked, Hamas threw the first punch. Now, clearly, they will argue that and say, oh, actually, no, Israel's an apartheid state. They've been considering, they've been having genocide. If Israel, and this, I'm going to say this, and I don't care who it offends. <laughs> Rashida Tlaib better listen up on this one. If Israel... Is this apartheid state that the likes of Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, brother lover herself, extraordinaire, make the claims that they are? Why is it that now of all times you're really hammering down on the genocide of the Palestinians? Because you would figure genocide is genocide is genocide, regardless of at which time or how small or how big it comes in, the form of it rather. So why now of all times, because normally aren't they busy out there fighting for women being able to pee in a parking lot or some crap, I don't know, some kind of feminist thing they're always pushing. But now, oh boy, the trending topic is Palestinians. Now they're all about it. Oh, genocide's everywhere. Everybody's committing genocide. Needless to say, not a peep, not a peep about the 400 innocent murdered to include women and children, just civilians, just civilians. And the law of land warfare, according to America, 
If they are not wearing a uniform that distinguishes them as an enemy combatant, they are forfeit of all prisoner of war rights. Now, I know that's America's stance, but I think that's pretty fair. So if Hamas does not want to don enemy uniforms, utilize the civilian population to protect themselves as human shields and propaganda human shields, then you've left them no other choice. But Hamas, just like the rest of them, want to use this to go out there and say, look how many innocent they're murdering. You see, Israel is such a bad guy. I will say this until I'm blue in the face. You better pray to Allah or whatever spaghetti monster in the sky that you worship. It's not me in charge because I'd flatten you in a fucking heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Be blood. Be Thank your Allah or whoever it is you worship that it's not me. Because I'd have pushed that button a long fucking time where I'd be like, tell him, hey, blitzkrieg that ass. Whatever's there, destroy it. Yeah, I don't care if you got a hospital that's on top of a Hamas base. You let it happen. That's all there is to it. You leave me no other alternative. Because I know I was talking to Rob, and I love Rob. Rob's a good dude. And he streams on Twitch, too. And, you know, we were talking about this this morning. And people was like, well, John just wants to see Israeli, you know, Palestinian babies dead. I love how they always project their assumptions onto me when that's not exactly what I said. But my counter to that stance or to anybody out there is give me a pragmatic solution to how Israel should be handling this. Because right now they've got the blood of 1400 murdered on their, you know, on their mind as they should. They want revenge. You've got to set an example on the international stage. You can forget Israel is surrounded by Arab countries that do not like them, that want to see them blown off the map. So what are they supposed to do exactly? And you're basically falling into the position that Hamas wants you. Innocent babies. Look, you murdered them first. That's the way war works. There is no good outcome. And that's what a lot of these people that are shielded, that live in these bubbles, don't seem to get. There is no good outcome. That's what war is. War is not the good guys won and the bad guys lost. No, the war, war basically fundamentally at its core is there's going to be a lot of collateral damage, a lot of innocent people dead, and ultimately the one that kills the most wins. Usually how it goes. Normally, not always. Hence, Afghanistan or sans Afghanistan and Vietnam. We had way more kill ratio, but we still lost that politically. Still, the point still stands. So every single one of these little crying, oh, the innocent people, spare me. Spare me. That's why you're weak. That's why you'd be conquered. And that's why, thank God, you should never be in charge. So for me, my stance is, number one, America should not be involved. Do not get involved in this. This is a this is a Rochambeau feud, blood feud, if you will, that has gone back since the dawn of time. We do not want to interject ourselves into this because, again, number one, it's not, I don't care. It's not my problem. Let Israel deal with it. They're our ally. Back them politically. Say, hey, do what you got to do. America can't fight this war. Nor do I think we should. Nor do I think we even should. Nope. Don't commit forces. Don't commit money. They've got enough. And they've even said, we can handle it. Let them do what they got to do. But if this was different, say like Gaza attacked America through some means, I don't know. I'd level you. Fuck the civilians crying. I don't care. Your cries fall on deaf ears because here's the deal. If I have a Hamas fighter that now has a human shield and that Hamas fighter just murdered my entire family. And then that Hamas fighter takes a human shield that is Palestinian as well, that more oftentimes than not, that Palestinian child, if you will, will grow up to be a supporter of Hamas, the second generation, second, third generation. It, it, it's how their culture is, folks. It's how their culture is. And you're telling me that now this man that has murdered my entire family has now taken a Palestinian human, human shield and I'm supposed to do what? What, what am I supposed to do? Just, well, man, 
I realize you just killed my kids, but, you know, being you're taking another innocent life hostage, I can't do it. Go ahead and walk it off. Well, if that's the position that you take, that Hamas fighter, number one, didn't give a damn about that civilian. They never will. And two, they're going to turn around and continue to commit mass murder, mass genocide. So in order to prevent that from happening, you got to kill them. And if there's collateral damage in the middle, I'm sorry. It does suck. It does. You don't want to see that. But that's war. Them's the breaks. And if you can't handle it, don't fight. Don't fight. Now, you can sit there and you can armchair quarterback it. And every single one of these Twitter experts and these tweeters and Twitch streamers, oh, crying. You've never pulled a trigger. You've never been over there. You don't know how these people think. You don't know how they operate. You don't know their backwards culture. Had some dudes like, yeah, well, you were there illegally. Yes, we were. I don't agree with the war anymore. I agree. But two things can be mutually true at the same time. We should have been there and their culture still sucks ass. Islam sucks ass. It is not a religion of peace. I'm sorry. I don't see Christians flying planes in the buildings. I see us dropping bombs. There's a difference. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. Fuck your feelings. But then... This is not John Burke saying we should dominate the world. I am saying it's the sleeping dragon effect. Leave me alone. I don't want to interject myself into your business. You know, I want free trade. I want us to get along globally. I wish we had world peace, but I will tell you this. If you harm one hair of one of my citizens' heads, I will make it known. I will make an example out of you for the entire world to see that you will not fuck with my people because if you do, you'll bring down the wrath of God. I will rain down such fire and brimstone on you, the the likes the which the world has never seen, and they will pray that your ancestors that are dead, buried, and are up there with Allah, probably celebrating with his virgins that are all dudes, <laughs> jokes on you, saying, oh shit, we shouldn't have done that because even we feel the effects of what that man will do to our culture. But instead, just like in these blue shithole cities, you have weak on crime DAs, they will not prosecute they will not max these motherfuckers out that are raping pillaging killing murdering it doesn't matter instead they're like oh well you know he's just a victim of society and what do they do they turn around and they continue that behavior that's why you have democrat shithole cities like the likes of dallas san francisco manhattan new york you see the crime is through the fucking roof so don't you sit there and tell me that being weak on shit or being more empathetic serves a real purpose it doesn't it perpetuates this enabling sympathetic behavior that only furthers these criminals minds say, well, hey, I know I just robbed the store in a smash and grab, but they're just going to let me go with like a $2,000 bond. I just stole $20,000 worth of shit that I hocked. I can afford to pay that. I'm not going to see any jail time. I'm going to do it again. So you'll excuse me if I don't subscribe to that methodology because it doesn't work and it's been proven time and time again, even here in America. You know what does work? Homeboy goes out there, does something stupid. You lock his ass up. You should have known better. Oh, well, he's a, he's a victim of society. Well, then society sucks. Blame society, but he's still going to jail. You were of the age of accountability. You knew what you were doing. Now you're going to pay the consequences. And when that type of behavior is not enforced, well, then look what you got now. Our current society. Everything is everybody else's fault. Oh, you know, students are getting bad grades because the teachers just suck. Or maybe it's because the parents are just shitty parents. You ever think about that? But no, let's blame the teachers. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case, but more oftentimes than not, I always see that now. It's always the teachers, or maybe you're just a shithead parent. Possibly. Could be. Could be both. Could be both. Could be both. These people, though. Oh, my God. Oh, what about the innocents? Well, I mean, Hamas didn't give a fuck about it, so then why should Israel? 
Excuse me. And also, let's be real. Let's be frank. Israel is not going in there and committing genocide. Well, this place was bombed out. Look, collateral damage does happen. Did you, I mean, were you that up in arms when Hamas destroyed that one building because the rocket fell short? Meanwhile, the rocket, the rocket, let me say this again. I will say it a third time to emphasize it. The rockets that Hamas was shooting back at Israel, even after the October 7th attack, they were still firing. They They are still firing on Israel. They never stopped. They're still trying to kill Jews. And by by the way, it's not just Jews that live in Israel. It ain't just Jews. There's Muslims there too. Oh, man, y'all just don't know what to argue now, do you? Hamas don't like nobody. Thus proving they will kill more of their own just to secure more deaths on the Jew side. These are monsters. The only way you deal with a monster is you cut its head off. That's it. You murder them in the bushels. You destroy them. You don't sit there and put on the kid gloves. No, you go in there and you crack some fucking skulls. Do you think any of the Palestinians around the country go back to Hell no. Gaza to no. help out in the fight? There's a reason they're here to begin with. If you love, if you love you Palestine so much. in the cities that they're in? I could see that. And if they do right in the cities, then they should be put down like dogs. They should. If you're in there and you're smash, grab, you're looting, shoot them. Anybody, I, I'm, I'm just sick and tired of this. This, this crime has gone through the roof. Yeah. But here's the reason why. You know, say, well, John, don't you think shooting somebody for doing a smash grab is a bit much? Fair enough. I can agree with that. But what's the alternative? You, you're going to lock them up. You're going to put it in front of a DA that's going to let them go and they just continue that behavior. Yeah, well, here's I mean, the thing. D- during you, Katrina, remember that Bush was even said all looters should be shot. So what differentiates between that now? Yeah, you don't know what somebody's intentions are when they that's illegally true. break into your well, domicile. You know, well, so when you break into my business, now you basically said, I don't respect your boundaries. And I don't know if you got a gun on you. I saw this this video being uh, shared on Twitter over in Israel. There's this Palestinian kid that walks up to this Israeli checkpoint and he, he, he gets a rock and he throws it. And before the rock even lands, they shoot this kid. It was like, oh, my God, they're murderers. Those Israeli soldiers did not know if that was a grenade. They don't know what the fuck that is. They see an object flying at them from a kid that is screaming obscenities at them. And everybody's like, well, it was a special needs kid. Where was his parents? You know, you want to sit there and condemn Israel all you want. You want to find every reason under the sun to blame them. They're just trying to live and defend themselves. But Hamas attacks. Now you got a kid. And that kid was probably told to do that by his parents because, you know, if he dies a victim, a martyr, he's going to get virgins in heaven. Allah is going to smile down on him. Just a great religion you got over there, guys. Good job. But Israeli smokes that little shithead, and what happens? Oh, they're so horrible. Well, maybe that kid actually, you know, threw a grenade, murdered three Israelis, because that's that's what should happen first. Let them kill you, then you can kill them back. That's not the way it works. The war, if you fight it in that way, you're, you're going to lose. doesn't work that way. But unfortunately, stupid people that are allowed to have Twitter and the rest, they say these things because they don't know what they're talking about. They never do. They never have, and they never will. They're just weak. They're just weak. Made me sick. <laughs> uh, Hamas terrorists. He said, we shot crying children until we didn't hear noise anymore. Hamas terrorists who reportedly participated in the horrific attack on Israel last month recently revealed in an interrogation with Israeli intelligence that the depraved depths they plunged to that day. Released Wednesday, the video shows Hamas terrorists Omar, Omar Sami, Marzouk, Abu, Rusha. Can you imagine being a grade school having to write that out every day Oof. you get so mad you start lobbing rockets at your <laughs> country <laughs> uh, i mean you're not wrong maybe that's why they're mad their names are so long i don't know let's condense them just call them omar anyway 
Omar Sami Marzouk Abu Rusha telling Shin Bet, Israel security agency agents, that they were ordered to kill every person and then circle back around just to make sure they were dead. Now, this contradicts what the head of Hamas said the other day, saying, it was an accident. They were there and we were walking in the, their music festival and we, we start blasting and with all oh, shit, uh, kids, shish kebabs now. Uh, my bad. They, they literally, not, they didn't say that, but he goes in there and says, it was accidental. We just saw it and it happened. No, I'm sorry. Your AK, your PKM, whatever it is that you were, you're, you're humping it over there. It doesn't just accidentally go off and shoot kids. Isn't it interesting that now it's not the guns? Nobody's arguing about the guns over there. Yeah. Now it's religious ideologies. Now yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's genocide. It's the apartheid state it has nothing to do with guns. Man, I, David Hogg was just like at the starting line ready for that gun to go off so he could just start running as fast as he could to start talking about how bad guns are when this whole thing kicked off. Say, like, sorry, David, sorry to disappoint. It ain't about the guns this time. It's not in America. It's over there. Now it's not about guns. That's how stupid these people are. It's how, that's how dumb these are. But Hamas literally said there will be another October 7th. We want to destroy Israel. But it was an accident. Sorry. Now this captured dude is being interrogated and says, no, we were ordered to kill them. How do we know this to be true? I've seen the videos of Hamas walking through the villages, indiscriminately firing into crowds. That's not accidental. That's on orders. So no, Hamas are liars. They are liars. The fact that you even believe their propaganda at this point, and I'm not, and you know, again, I got I to gotta take the opposite side of the, the spectrum on this one. I'm not saying Israel doesn't offer propaganda, but I've got experience with these types. They are propaganda-making machines. These are cowards. Have the balls to step away from your propaganda and your human shields and have a flat-out war with them. Stop hiding. Fucking do it. If not, shut the fuck up. I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. Every single one of these people over there in Palestine, the greatest actors you've ever seen, literally saw a video of a bomb hits this building and then... The ground around it collapses, not because of the bomb, because there's tunnels under it. It was a military target. Well, some innocent civilians get killed in the crossfire. They were warned, get out. And Hamas didn't let them. Do you, do you not seem to notice how the consistent variable in all of these situations is Hamas? Is, is that just me? Is, is that just, No, it's not just me. So it collapses. And then the video comes of this guy who's literally, he doesn't, you know, he, he looks over, he sees the videotape going, and then he just busts out into tears. Ah! But not a single tear shed. Mm -hmm. The acting is, oh, chef's kiss. Say magnifique. Say magnifique. There's this one dude. He's all over Instagram. He's over there. He's a Palestinian. I posted it about like a week ago. And this guy is sitting there holding an AK, like, hold me the doing his like, oh, death to the Jews. It's how it's what the Arabs do. It's what the Muslims do. They always out there singing songs with the little schmegs and the AKs. Oh, and then it, you fast forward and it shows him in a video camera crying as rockets are in my like, Oh, you were ballsy a minute ago. You you were all about that fucking Muslim life. Durga Durga Muhammad Jihad, let's blow up some Jews. And then the Jews start lobbing some rockets back at your ass. And what happens? Oh, but this dude is a crisis actor because yeah. there's video of him in hospitals getting IVs, giving IVs. This guy is everywhere and he's the biggest. I call him like the Harry Styles of the of the Muslim world. He's that, that kid that's on the right, the political or on the left, Democrat little nerd. This yeah. guy's like 20 years old or whatever. He got like a million TikTok followers and he's like, Joe Pilot. He just reeks a virgin. You can tell this kid's a virgin, but same thing. 
Same thing, crisis actor. And everybody falls for Well, the Palestinians and the Muslims are naturally going to fall for this. You think they're, you think American Muslims are going to sit like, oh, you know what? Hey, the Jews are right on this one. Oh, hell no. Hell no, they're not. That'd be like Dallas Cowboy fans rooting for the Redskins. That ain't going to happen. Regardless if the Dallas Cowboys got wiped off the face of the earth, they are not voting or they're not rooting for the Redskins. Not going to happen. Nope. So it kind of stands to reason why you see so many Palestinians out there rooting for the Palestinians over in the Middle East or in Palestine. It's not, it's not about right versus wrong. It's about that they are fellow Muslims. And God forbid we can never condemn our own. Because if we do, if we do, we're not good, devout Muslims. That's how they believe. And don't you get it twisted? Don't let any of these sympathetic terrorist apologists say anything otherwise than that because they don't know this culture. I don't care what Candace Owens has to say. I don't give a shit what Kirk or any of these turning point nerds have to say. Unless you've lived over there, you've been in this culture, you've fought these people, you don't know what you're talking about. And I always love that, oh, suddenly every combat veteran's an expert on foreign policy. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. They probably have a lot more experience than you motherfuckers casting stones on this one. That private that served four years in Iraq probably has a very good fucking fundamental understanding of what that culture is all about. I hate when people do that. It's like, oh, suddenly every vet's got an opinion. You're fucking A right they do. They've been over there. They've, yeah. they've spilled blood in those lands. They know what's going on. I would, I would rather listen to a veteran's fucking opinion on this than some stupid civilian that's never been over there. It's like, well, you know, literally that Lauren Chen on Twitter. I don't know who this moron is, mouth breather. I studied Arab culture at college. Shut the fuck up. Your books mean dick all. Dick all to me. I love it. I mean, I love this. It's like, well, you know, I, I studied this in college. I, I, they taught me Arabic. Do they teach you Pashtun? Do they teach you all, you know, the different dialects over there? You, did you know that? But I, I love that people say, well, I, my opinion is this, and it's backed by the fact of I studied this in college. Which college would that be? Please elaborate even more. For, was it a college where they said we can't even determine if a man's a man or a woman's a woman? I mean, really, that's not saying much these days. It's true. I'm not saying much these days. I just think people are stupid by and large, quite honestly. Um, Oh, man. Warhawks get a Warhawk. And here's, oh, man. We knew this was coming. GOP Senator Mullen says we have to strike Iran. They'll back down if we do. On Wednesday's broadcast of Newsmax TV's Rob Schmidt Tonight, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, Republican out of Oklahoma, argued that the U.S. needs to strike Iran, and while Iran may bluster when they're hit, they'll back down. They back down. Host Rob Schmidt asked, What is your take on the idea? You attack Iran, go after them. Mullen answered, Well, you have to. Iran's going to be a bully, and they're going to continue to be a bully unless they are threatened. The reason why they stayed within their boundaries underneath President Trump is because they were afraid of him. I'm not arguing that. I, I, I agree that there was a lot of people that stayed in check because of Trump because they knew Trump would retaliate. But, but, that's not the situation we're facing right now, so let's continue. They know that his words meant something. They were going to be followed up with actions if they did this, which is what they're doing right now. The Middle East, and this is, let me push pause on this. This is why I disagree with this guy. Number one, Iran attacked Israel. Iran did not specifically go after Americans. Now, does that justify what they did? Absolutely not. I had this debate with another guy that said Hamas declared war against America. No, they didn't. They did not go in there and specifically target Americans. I got news for you. We kind of all look alike to a degree when you're white. All right. You can't sit there and say, uh, is that guy Jew? I mean, you can't tell the difference. You just can't. Okay. So unless Hamas comes in, Hamas now has said that our goal is to destroy America. I mean, clearly. But, you know, we have to be very careful that we don't get drawn into this. Because, again, this is, make no fans or butts about it, this is a proxy war with Iran. 
which Iran is backing Yemen. Yemen's dealing with Saudi Arabia. It's just one massive... It's just kind of like that scene from uh, Always Sunny where Charlie's got the board with all the lines drawn. It's like, ah, let me explain this. Like, that's the Middle East. That's the Middle East in a nutshell. That's why we stay the hell away from it. It is, it's just a massive he said versus she said over land disputes and religious, religious beliefs. But my reason for disagreeing with this guy is because look at the administration that we have in the White House right now. We are already buying oil from Iran. We attack Iran. We strike Iran. What are they going to do? Prices go up. You think Biden's going to stop? Nope. He ain't going to drill. We are not. We do not have an administration to, to warrants anything right now because they don't have the balls to do it or the balls to follow through. I wish you could say they did. They do not. It's been proven Iran facilitated this massacre. They backed it. Where's the UN? The UN's screaming for a ceasefire right now with Israel. Where is, where is the UN screaming about Iran? They're not. What's the point of the UN? I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm very curious. What's the point of the UN? To take our money. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But then Biden says, we need, hey, man, we need to push pause on this. Bro, what, Israel, go weapons free. Do what you got to do. They attacked, retaliate, but uh, retaliate tenfold. So you never mean, do it again. What do you mean we? Exactly. Biden is just, oh. Just such a spineless, toothless president. You want to talk about backing your allies? Then back your ally. Just they don't. No. Sack of shit. It's disgusting. Uh, I had all these articles pulled up. I saw this one that was very interesting. It said the West may be too weak for the fight against Hamas. Haven't even read this yet, but it's by the Telegraph. Uh, waging war against a fanatical Islamist death cult like Hamas presents a significant military challenge as the recent campaigns mounted by Western forces to de defeat Al-Qaeda and Islamic State have amply demonstrated. While it is a cardinal rule of military operations conducted by the West that civilian casualties must be avoided at all costs, Islamic terrorists have no interest in observing such strictures, readily exhorting brainwashed recruits to act as suicide bombers and employing defenseless civilians as human shields to achieve their evil objectives. This is true. In their twisted ideology, death is to be embraced in the quest of martyrdom, for martyrdom, while the humanitarian instincts preferred by Western democracies abhor unnecessary killing. Defeating a foe such as Hamas, therefore, will require determination, sacrifice, and the resolve to stay the course no matter how insurmountable the challenge of inflicting a devastating blow against Islamic terror groups might appear. Whoever this author is, he is 100% or she is 100% spot on. Spot on. Destroying Osama bin Laden's global terrorist network took more than a decade. Well, it was a good three years before the U.S.-led coalition succeeded in wiping out the self-styled caliphate establishing established in the Syrian city of Raqqa by the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant. Similarly, given the time and resources that Hamas have invested in building its metro terrorist complex beneath Gaza residential neighborhoods, the Israelis face a daunting task. The, reluct the reluctance of the uh, IDF to launch a massive ground invasion of the Hamas-controlled Gaza Strip involving all of its forces is perfectly understandable given that Hamas Hamas, together with its Iranian paymasters, have anticipated Israel's response to the terrorist group's massacres on October 7th by setting deadly traps. 100%. If you think Hamas, if you think Palestine, if you think Israel did not see this playing out this way, you are sadly mistaken. They had everything ready to go. Every propaganda thing they had, man, they were just ready to go, ready to launch it. Every screaming baby, every paid crisis actor... 
They were ready to go. How disgusting. How disgusting. What cowardism. I mean, I'm sorry. Allah must look down on you like the bitches that you are. He must say, man, I, man, my religion is just comprised of a lot of pussies. Let's just be honest. Using human shields and propaganda. Look, you got beef with the Jews. Declare war and have war. But stop with this bullshit terrorist. That's what they do. They're cowards. They're cockroaches. Exterminate them. It's disgusting. I, just, I get so fed up with this bullshit. Uh, last but most certainly not least, you gotta, man, you just gotta love the self-hating white liberal. Oh, it's like it's like a, a masterpiece of, of hypocrisy, if you will. Viral Columbia professor who condemned campus inaction on anti-Semitism says he's ashamed of elite school. Professor calls himself privileged white male who's extremely progressive and liberal, which means he has no spine, he's got no balls, and he's probably a cuck. I just, uh, those types of dudes are just pathetic in my opinion. They're, they're really pathetic. I mean that. These guys, I don't even view them as men. Just call myself a privileged white male and a male feminist. So in other words, you're a bitch. Just, just say it for what it is. You're a bitch. <laughs> Columbia Business School assistant professor and the Israeli-American Shai Davidea again called on Columbia's leadership to condemn the Hamas terrorist attacks on Israel and spoke out as what he views as a biased media coverage of the war. I woke up on October 7th to see 1,400 of my countrymen massacred, more than 200 kidnapped, including babies, and stories and videos of teenage girls being raped, he told Fox News Digital Interview. I was just in complete grief. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that a day after a university would not take a stand. Oh, so wait, this is a liberal that's actually in favor of basically, you know, combating uh, the anti-Semitism. Okay, the way that headline read, it was very misleading. Uh, David, but still, to call yourself a progressive man, it's my opinion does not change on yeah, that he's one. Probably sir. A cuck. Oh, he's probably still a cock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but at least he's a cock that's going in the somewhat same direction. So there, there, there's that. I'm still, I still wouldn't be friends with a guy like that. Like I'm a self-prescribed feminist with white privilege. You're a virgin. That's what you are. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Sound You're like a virgin. A, a rope sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's true. Diddy went to viral went viral after he called Columbia University President Minush Shafiq a coward for remaining silent on pro-terror groups at school. And he said he didn't expect the video of his passionate speech to become as popular as it did. He said he has received thousands of supportive messages from Columbia graduates, students, faculty, even strangers. But what David was more concerned about than internet fame was the silence from the administration. And he still looks like a cuck. The fact that the leadership of Columbia University has been so quiet about this, Davidia said, was beyond him. I was ashamed of the leadership because I love Columbia. My family's history is deeply intertwined with Columbia, explaining that his wife and multiple members of his family have either graduated from the institution or served as professors. Columbia is one of the many elite institutions across America that is being rocked by accusations of uh, excusing anti-Semitism as the debate over the Israel-Hamas war continues. He said, I see myself as fighting for the reputation of Columbia University and not letting the leadership tarnished the beautiful reputation. And then all of a sudden I realized this is much bigger than Columbia. This is happening in universities all over the country. Bro, where have you been? Where have you been for the last, I don't know, six, seven years? Your universities have been breeding grounds for Marxism, for communism, 
for hatred of America. And now you're just starting to realize that? Like, I just realized we have a massive anti-Semitism problem across all universities. Bro, if that's the only problem you take with these universities, I'm sorry. You're like one-tenth of the way there. So I will give you applause. Part of well the done. problem. He's yeah. part of the problem. You're exactly part of the problem. Just because you take a stance as pro-Israel in this one does not make you my friend. You're still part of the cancer that's infected our academia right now. So good for you. You're partly way there, but, you know... What a fucking idiot. Yeah, these guys are all part of the problems that are yeah. going on today yeah. with the division. And same like kids going off to school and coming back with purple yeah. hair and the same side that condemns Islamophobia. I love the fact that, you know, the White House says Islamophobia and they have a history of doing this. What constitutes Islamophobia? Because if I disagree with transgenderism, by according to the leftist standards, I am now transphobic. Which, again, phobia denotes the fear of. So I, I just find it just incredibly hilarious that the White House, of all places, wants to give a lecture on Islamophobia. What is Islam? What is Islamophobia to them? Because to them, anything that anybody that criticizes Islam must therefore be afraid of it. Yeah, You yeah. must be afraid. Or maybe it's because we just don't like it and I don't want it here. Yeah, if you that could be the if difference. If you don't agree with them, then yeah. you're against them. That's it. You can't well, I, when I say I don't want, I'm talking about extremism. I'm not talking about everybody shares the freedom of religion. 100%. You want to be a Muslim? You want to practice here? Fine. But you will not infringe on other people's rights. Not going to happen. If, if, if not, get out. Don't want you here. That, that applies to Jews, Catholics. Gen it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you cannot subscribe to the American culture over here of the freedom of religion and from religion, don't come here. And if your people do start coming here and trying to impose that, get them the fuck out. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, folks, that does it for us today here at the All-American Savage Show podcast. We appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, hopefully it was a very entertaining show. Make sure you go check out shellshockcbd.com if you can. Support the show that way. We really appreciate that. Shellshockcbd.com. Buy something during Black Friday to be entered to win $500 or sign up for the email list now and be entered to win as well. So you can go check that out. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for all your love and support. You guys have been phenomenal. We sincerely appreciate you. Make sure you share the show if you can. Go leave us a great review on iTunes and Spotify. And the show is available wherever podcasts are downloaded. You got anything to have, my man? Yes, have a great day. And as always, you stay savage, America. You all about her and she all about hers. Burbank.